Hey, folks, how you doing? My name is Nick Kena, and uh, joined by, I'm joined, of course, by my good friend, Mr. Dylan Jacobus. How you doing, buddy? Great. How are you? I'm fantastic. We're doing a podcast. Whoa. How about that? Oh, people have been boy. T- people have been telling me to shut the hell up my entire life, and well, look at me now. My first guest today is Dylan. Me? Yeah, you. Of all people. Of all people. Cause, oh, my cause, God. Because, well, the other guy canceled. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so it's you. Um, all right. So we're going to get down to that, and we're going to talk to you about some stuff about how you came up and uh, what your measurements are and all that. But uh, real quick, I want to get out of the way, and we want to talk, talk about our sponsor. And that's a, our, our first sponsor for this show is uh, a, a, a business that you hold very near and dear to your heart. It's the Original Music School of Morristown. Oh, yeah, that old place. OMS represent. They are, you, they, you guys are our sponsor because you're letting us do this in your studio. We are. We're there right now. Yeah, look at that. That's one way to get bills paid. Just don't pay. <laughs> 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 so, yes, boys and girls, the Original Music School of Morristown fantastic institution with some fantastic teachers to give lessons to kids of all ages, ages uh, 6 to 600. Mm-hmm. So if you want to get in contact with them, you can uh, just go to the go to originalmusicschool.com. But you guys are really glad you guys got that name on a website. That's good. Right? I don't know how we did it. Originalmusicschool.com. Or you can just call them at 973-998-8977. And chances are... You're the guy that's answering the phone. Yes, sir. Right I am on. the guy who answers the phone. How about that? Do instrument lessons, songwriting lessons, production. Right. Uh, a, we run a fight club in the basement. Well, you don't talk I, about that. I wasn't that. supposed to talk about that. Shoot. I'm sorry. That's okay. Brad Pitt will call you later. Not Ed Norton? Nope. Uh, would have rather Ed Norton called. He's busy. Yeah. Very intense. He's a very intense guy. Yeah. Last time I talked to him, he uh, he sounded distressed. He got really mad at me because uh, I kept asking him uh, what it was like working in the sewers. And then I put it together that, no, he's not the guy from the Honeymooners. That was Art Carney playing Ed Norton. <laughs> Ed Norton is just playing Ed Norton. So anyway, yeah. I, guess, I guess we should uh, do the show now, huh? Yeah, we let's should. Do the, let's do the show. All right. You spent your entire life, you grew up in Denville? I did. Denville, I've, New Jersey? Uh, yes, I spent a little bit of time away in, uh, in Jefferson, but I'm back in Denville now. Why'd you get sent to Jefferson? Were you bad? No, not. <laughs> <laughs> Were you, Just, you, you know, ex- excommunicated? I, I tried to do the whole independent thing, and then, you know, I realized that I don't make a whole lot of money, so yeah, went back home. Well, no, there's a lot of that going around. Boy, howdy. If I had a nickel for every one of my friends that still, still lives with their mother... I could move out of my mother's house. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so funny, too. You think about, I have friends that went to school to be lawyers or to go into law enforcement to, or to be, you know, doctors or whatever, and they're tending bar. Mm-hmm. And that, that degree is just collecting dust. And they're still <laughs> making more money than we are. Yeah. Well, some <laughs> of them are, but a lot of them still live with their mothers, too. Like, yeah. like a lot of them don't get, you know. It's so hard in New Jersey to turn a buck. 
and make a living unless you are making upwards of $85,000 a year, you can't really afford to live on your own, completely on your own. It's really difficult, mm -hmm. you know? And by yourself, too. Oh, God, I would love to live by myself. Don't, I know. Don't tell my girlfriend that. Oh. <laughs> oh, wait, shit, we're recording this. So, uh, so yeah, so you, you grew up in Denville. Um, how old were you when you decided, like, when you, you started thinking, like, I want to play, I want to play music? Because I, I know your, I know your father plays guitar, right? Yeah, he played all kinds of things. Um, he was, He's mainly a singer. He, um, well, actually, he was a sax player first, and then he took um, he took voice in college for a little bit when he was there, and um, yeah, he just like picked up keyboard and guitar, and we had all this stuff laying around the house. And I remember the first song I ever wrote. I don't remember what it sounded like. It's probably horrible. <laughs> it was on a little little <laughs> toy keyboard. I was about four years old. It was called Skeleton Dance. Ooh. I was really afraid of skeletons. Why? Because you just don't did, know about did, skeletons. Did it scare you that there was one inside you at all times? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that back then. <laughs> I, just thought, I thought skeletons were this other thing. I didn't know that I had one. <laughs> oh, my God. That's great. I remember the first... The, um, there's a cassette tape floating around somewhere. Um, the first song I wrote was on a, 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 a guitar that had like three strings on it. None mm -hmm. of them were in tune. And it was called Why You Hiding in the Bushes. That's good. It was this, like, I was writing a blues song when I was like four or five years old. Right just because, you know, because I grew up around musicians. My father and his brothers are all are all great musicians mm -hmm. and, in their own right, doing, you know, and, and have done really cool things. So, like, you know, I grew up around music. I was kind of like damned into this business because there's nothing else I really ever wanted to do or could do. <laughs> I tried a few things and I wasn't very good at any of them. But, uh, so, so you were, so you, you grew up around, you know, around music. Um, when did it start to become like a serious thing for you? Um, I think it was probably fourth grade. I started mm. doing, I was taking saxophone lessons, the uh, summer after third grade. And then I discovered this program called Cakewalk on the family computer. And it was a music recording thing. And you could, uh, my dad had it with the keyboard set up, so you could you could find all these MIDI sounds on there. Mm. And, and I was doing like, you know, multi-track recording at nine years old. And I had no idea what I was doing. And it was just a lot of fun. All you had to do was press record and play something and then make a new track and press record again and play another thing. That's awesome. That's really, you know, it's funny because like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 37 and I didn't, you know, I was very late to the to the game as far as internet and stuff goes. Like we didn't get a first, we didn't get AOL in the house until I was like 18, 19, like mm -hmm. moving out, you know? Like, and like they, oh, finally there's a computer in the house. Before that, <laughs> I, I had to go to the library to get anything. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it was like always this like, you know, pain in the neck thing of dial up, you know, waiting to sign on and all that stuff. So it just, it was always a nuisance thing to me. I really... Oh, I, I didn't get I didn't get my, my first smartphone until like the iPhone three came. Oh no, the iPhone four came out, and I got an iPhone three three for you know nothing. Ooh, I, but, I held out longer than you. I got a five. Wow, look at you. Yeah. Wow, I, I wouldn't. I, I would still have a clamshell. I swear to God. But yeah, was, uh, no, my ex wife like made me get this phone, made me spend <laughs> money, made me spend all this money all the time because that's just what that was like. Her forte it was just what can I make Nick buy today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a really good deal. Like, honey, you know what's a really good deal? Not spending money. 
<laughs> I just, um, I still have uh, yet to, um, you know, ingrain that in my brain. It's just, you know, penny saved is penny earned. I just, you know, that's what's, I mean, we don't make a lot of money in this business. Mm -mm. But we do it because we love it, and there's really nothing else we can do. Mm -hmm. um, but I've, I have found that, you know, every time I break a dollar, it goes in a bucket. And every time I, you know, I break a 10, the singles, <clears throat> the singles will go into a bucket. Oh, uh -huh, that's a good you know, idea. I just, you know, and that's it's how I trick myself into saving money. Yeah. And, I, and then, like, if I'm going out for the night, I'll just look. Hmm, I got, like, 35 bucks in singles right there. Okay. That's my budget for the night. Oh. I won't even touch my card. Ooh. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. It works. It works. All right. So, um, um, so all through, so fourth grade, that's really, that's kind of young because I really didn't start thinking about this seriously until I was in my late teens. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I knew that was what I wanted to do. You hear that? Yeah. Hear that? There's cars outside. That's, that's hilarious. Yeah, we're we're going to get a little bit of, uh, of street noise coming through. We are, we are broadcasting uh, this, uh, we're recording this rather from uh, the original music school in Morristown. So we're, there it is. Yeah. yeah so we're right across from the Grasshopper that. and. Yeah, that sounds. Is that a truck? That's a truck. Might be. Yeah, yeah it's probably that big ass pickup truck that's parked next door. That Tonka truck that's parked over there. <laughs> <laughs> I hope. I hope they don't hear you say that. Oh, whatever. Um, but yeah, I I loved music and I wanted to do it when I was very young. And then the older I got, um, the more the real world world started to scare me. Mm -hmm. So. You know, I went to school for environmental science in college thinking that that would be good. And I hated it. But I still, you know, I'm skipping a whole bunch of years here. But, but you know, I did music the entire time. And then um, I found out that, like you said, that was the only thing that I could do to really be happy. Mm. Yeah, so, no, when make it, it work. When you find it, you find it. And, you know, I, 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 I did theater through high school. Um, my sister kind of made me do theater. I think I told you, oh. she, she, uh, um, well, when I was a freshman, I was on the wrestling team and my, uh, my sister was in a production of Fiddler on the Roof and there were no guys. Like they needed guys to be in the, in the, in the ensemble cast. And so she just dragged me to a rehearsal and I was like, Nick can sing. Nick's going to be in the, in the play. And they were like, okay, cool. Nick's in the play. And I had to quit the wrestling team because I couldn't do any of the rehearsal. I couldn't rehearse and go to practice. Yeah. And the whole wrestling team was like, you know, call me a faggot because oh, you want to go hang out with girls. Right, I tell you right. what, man, after that first rehearsal and I'm watching the dance line, they're all stretching and they're <laughs> gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I guess I'm a fag because I want to go hang out with all these chicks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm a fucking oh, idiot. <laughs> Yeah. Did you uh, did you did you ever do any theater in high school? Any musicals or anything like that? I did in middle school hmm. and a little bit before that, and and I loved it. It, it was great. And then um, I'll never forgive myself for this, but when I got to high school, I stopped doing that because I didn't want to hang out with those kids anymore. Mm. You know? Kind of the pressure of like you don't want to be associated with you know you don't want to stick out any any farther than you already are kind of thing. Yeah, you know I bought into the whole. You know, uh, I don't even know what, I don't know, like the Saved by the Bell groups of people type Click, of things. Clicky and, scenarios. Yeah, I didn't want to be a theater kid. Right. And I should have been because I would have been really happy. It, Instead, I was just a kid who wore clothes that were too big for me and uh, looked really funny. Well, you you know, you're really skinny. I imagine <laughs> yeah, it, just, it was difficult finding pants that fit. 
Because you're was. so tiny. And I'm, was. Like, I, was, I was a big kid. It's fine. I, I wasn't really, I did the theater. I did the musicals. But I wasn't a theater kid, per se. Because mm. I really didn't like a lot of those kids. I just liked being in the show. Yeah. So I, like, that's not really fair. It's not that I didn't like them. I just, I don't really think I knew, like, how to talk to them. Mm. I didn't know what what to say to them outside of talk about the show. I just, I don't know. Hmm. They were, you know, and a lot of those kids later on in, in my life, I've, I've, I've maintained friendships with a lot of those kids. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. No, I, I didn't have a problem with theater kids. I just, I, I didn't want to be a theater kid. Right, yeah. And I would, think and that's kind of what you're saying. Yeah, too. kind of. Like, it was, it was like, I, like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to be a theater kid. But I didn't really want to be, I really didn't want to be a kid. Mm. I didn't like high school. I didn't like being around all these kids. I wanted to be I, I like when I was when I was 14, 13 years old, I started going to my my father's gigs with him. And I just wanted to go hang out with grown-ups. Yeah. <laughs> a little fuzz on there. Or? No, I thought the mic was backwards. It's it's fine. Ah, now you're good. <laughs> <laughs> Like you're peeking up the windscreen, <laughs> yeah. like you're looking up the skirt. Trying to, <laughs> try to do it so quietly. Oh, just let it happen, man. <laughs> I, I, I imagine we're going to do very, very little editing of this show mm. for good, for good and bad reasons. But, uh, but yeah, it was, I, I was, I didn't really like being in high school. Mm. I didn't like being there. I didn't. I just was miserable. I wanted to. I wanted to be hanging out with musicians and and weirdos and freaks and and then I started doing community theater when I was like 16 years old I I started doing community theater with some friends of mine and was like oh, I don't need this like I was like oh wow I don't have to be in school because there's other theaters I can do I can do stuff and I don't have to wait oh. eight months for the next show I can just go do this show, and then right after the, they're done with this show, they're putting on Joseph. And after Joseph, they're doing Grease. After Grease, they're doing this and this and that. So I started doing theater at the Rockaway Town Square Playhouse. And I and, my, and when I turned 17 at, at, at my junior year in high school, I was 17 years old. I looked at my dad. I said, I don't want to go back to school next year. And he said, why not? I was like, and I, just, I said, just F that place. I'm not getting anything out of it. What am I going to – like, what's this diploma going to do for me in life? And he kind of agreed with me and was like, if you really don't want to go, you can get a job and you can work and you can go to night school. Because you can, he's like, you need to get that piece of paper. Yeah. You got to get that yeah. piece of paper. And he was right. So so I dropped out and I started doing community theater productions with my friends. Wow. And I loved those people and my, my experiences at the Rockaway Town Square Playhouse. And later on, uh, after, after that playhouse fo- uh, eventually folded – I went over to Allegro Productions in, in Parsippany, which is like out of the, the Knoll Country Club. Hmm. Like, like, just we rented this black box theater out of a country club. It was really weird and great. I, I, but I made so many great friends, and I got to be in so many great productions. Uh-huh. And and it wasn't it, so. This was this was one of the things that like, I wanted to be an actor before I wanted to be a musician. Ooh. I knew I could. I, I I played bass. I knew I could sing, and I was. And I loved going with my to my father's shows, and I loved going to see bands. But I got bit by the theater bug, mm. and that's what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So I really followed that hard, you know. And then I, you know, it wasn't until 
I realized all like you know all the politics that go into into making a, sh- a show, and and you have to look away and be a certain way, and, you have yeah. to have, and people are going to tell you how to feel. Mm-hmm. I didn't like that. I didn't really understand it at the time. So that's what made me go like I, I could just, well, I could just start a band now. <laughs> I'll just I, I'll just do my own thing. Yeah. Like, I'll, so music was like oh, I'll just I can keep doing this. I can keep being a performer. I can keep entertaining people. And just and I don't and I don't have to read lines. Mm-hmm. I can sing a song, yeah. And people will pay me to sing songs. I thought that'll work, and it did. It kind of, you know, not at first, but eventually it did. Oh, it never works at first. Yeah, well, you know, just like this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the first open mic I ever did. Um, it was terrible. <laughs> it was really, really bad. <laughs> what was the first song you played at, at that open mic? It was, it was an original song. It was called, um, oh my God, what was it called? Oh, it's an open mouth used to describe a closed one. Oof. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, that was, I was 17. I thought it was cool. Right. <laughs> and we're All in... the stupid titles for songs that we come up with when we're, when we're 16, 17 years old. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's... like we could just, you know, if we could all just be Paul McCartney, call, just call it Yesterday or Because yeah. or whatever. You know, no, like... there, there's a reason why that album is not up on my band camp anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. I was just about to Google. Oh, you, well, you can. You can. Maybe someday we'll do a reissue. But, um, <laughs> I was 17. We were up in Saratoga, New York, at this place called Cafe Lena, where Bob Dylan performed a bunch of times. Um, that's the only that's the only name drop I know of. But, it, but it's like a cool place. Like it's yeah. a serious place. And I got this open mic, and um, you know, I'd I'd play it in bands with my friends before, but this was my first like solo gig away from home at an open mic, and I. Bombed. <laughs> I, like, I don't remember what the guitar playing was like, but I just remember that my voice did not work at all. I couldn't get. I couldn't get it. Right. Like I was so. I was so fucked up mentally that it, I couldn't sing, and I was so embarrassed. And my mom was so proud of me, <laughs> and I love her for that. My mom has always been such such a great supporter of uh all the music i've ever done and my, and my, my dad too well that's but, you know that's hopefully what parents do is you know, they yeah support and, and uh, you, you know what i'm surprised because uh i would have thought that they wanted me to get a real job which is what i tried to do and it turns out they're more they're prouder of me now than they've ever been i think well you've been able to you've been able to really do something mm. with this you know and i you know not just not just speaking about the school, but you know you're you're now you're running a really really cool open mic night, you mm-hmm. know right down the road, right down the street from here, right down the street at Tavern off the Green, and uh, and you and you've got multiple projects, you know there's not you know Lady Marmalade, you guys are such a blast, yeah it's a lot of fun. You guys are a lot of fun to play with. You're a lot of fun to just to watch play because you're you all look so comfortable up there. We are, and you're so happy. And it's just bouncing off each other, and it's you know that's another thing we're going to get to too is you know talking about Connor and Sean Fairley, but um and that um, the cephalopods project mm-hmm. I've 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 just kind of dipped my toe into what you got what you're doing with this project, but it's it's so it's got it's like that like it was like like remember the first time I heard Coheed and Cambria uh-huh. I was like what the fuck is this yeah what are these guys like what what, what? And it wasn't like it wasn't like like what is this shit? It was like what is 
this mm-hmm. sound. It mm-hmm. was so different, you know, and like, you know, it's just, you know, it was like, it, you know, it's like, you know, you see, you see the way mainstream music goes and it goes in this arc and always you know, like follows this trail, like, like watching a jet, mm-hmm. like just leave the, like the chalk mark across the, the sky. But you guys are kind of just taking a hard left turn off of that. And I yeah. really, I really, I, it's I, what I've heard. I've, I'm honestly, I've only heard like two and a third track. Like I heard that little, that little bit you showed me just now, mm-hmm. but like I've, I've heard, I listened to two other tracks. I'm like, this is different. It's weird. And for those reasons and more, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much. Yeah, buddy. It's, it's funny that you mentioned Coheed because, um, you know, they are one of my favorite bands. And I've, I've, always, I've always had a high-pitched voice. And then when I heard them, I was like, oh, another guy's doing it? All right, cool. Right. And then people started comparing me to, uh, to Claudio, the, the singer there, and I hated it. Not because I didn't like him, but because I wanted to be me. And then over time, I was like, "Oh wait, that's not that's not a dig. No, that's it's a not. compliment." Yeah, I, I, I get I get folks coming up to me all the time. They're like, um, "When I was young, when I was younger, I got a lot of folks saying you sound a lot like Robert Plant." Mm-hmm. And I can still hit those notes, and I can still do Zeppelin. I can't do Zeppelin all night anymore, yeah, but yeah. we pepper it through. Um, I get a lot of folks saying you sound like Greg Allman. Um, you know, or uh, you know, and you know, you sound a lot like that guy that sounds like he has lung cancer. <laughs> like, yeah, thanks. Oh, jeez. You know? But like at first, I was like, you know, like f you, man. Like, like, no, I sound like me. But it's just like it's the way they. It's like how they can they can relate under, it. They can relate yeah. it in their brains because like, oh, this sounds like the thing I've heard before. Yeah. The youth sound like that guy. You know, and it's funny how like, like the the as you go along with it, and as you get older, you you realize that, you know, um, it, it, everybody's got their thing, hmm. and if somebody can compare that to something that they already like, that's an awesome compliment. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like you know, and and you, you look in film and television, and you realize like that's really all we're all, all we're ever doing is kind of mm-hmm. emulating what we've heard before. And whether we like it or not, it's going to bleed into our creative process. Mm-hmm. You know, like Quentin Tarantino would not exist without exploitation film. Yeah, you know all those all those terrible B, C, D, F movies that came out in the <laughs> se- in the sixties and seventies and early eighties. Like that, that was you. You can see it in everything Tarantino's ever done. That you know he has been influenced by his by the people before him, mm-hmm. and and that's. That's just how art works. That's yeah. how that's how the creative process works. That's how we find out what we can and cannot get away with this week, right? You know, <laughs> and it's like this minute the way the way the culture goes these days. Mm. You know, so I also I, I love paying tribute to to the people that I like too. Like mm-hmm. I'll put in a thing, I'll be like, oh, let me put let me put like a thin Lizzy riff in here, yeah, or like oh, <laughs> let me let me put in like you know the. Uh, I, I I don't know. I, sometimes I'll play a riff and it'll remind me of something totally unrelated. Mm-hmm. Like I have the John Goodman riff. I don't know what it means. I still don't. But every time I play the riff, I think of John Goodman. And then, I, I didn't even know he played guitar. I know he played piano. He was he sings. I yeah. think he did in Roseanne. He played uh, or no, he sang or he played harmonica. I don't know. Blues Traveler was in an episode of Roseanne, and somehow John Goodman ends up on stage. Huh. I don't think I've ever seen that one. You gotta watch it. You ever see King Ralph? No. Really? What is that? Oh, 
it's it's this great it's a John Goodman flick. It was like his like one of the like his breakout like comedy roles. He had done a couple other things before, but um he plays like this like lounge singer who is a long distance relative of the Queen of England. And in a weird <laughs> turn of events, the entire royal family is killed in at the exact same time in an instant. Oh. They're like taking a they're taking a family photograph on the lawn and it just rained and the lawn was wet and when the flash went off like a like a there was a shortened wire or something and it electrocuted the entire royal family. Yikes. So he gets transported from from being a like I think I think he was like a Vegas lounge singer. He gets t- sent to England to be the new king of England, <laughs> King <laughs> Ralph. It's hilarious. It's it doesn't like you should watch it. It doesn't really stand up, but like it was. I remember watching that when I was a little kid, and like he's and he's like and there's like this really great scene where he's playing. What's the fancy piano? Is it harpsichord? Yeah, you know, it like it looks like a piano, but it sounds. But like it sounds ding, like ding, 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 yeah. Yeah, ding, yeah, ding, yeah, ding, yeah. That's it. Yeah, so he's playing one of those, and uh, like in the middle, you know, like there's all these, you know heads of state and you know fancy lords and all these jerks standing around (laughs) and he just like gets behind the harpsichord and gets and gets the the string symphony that's playing chamber music at the party gets them all to start playing good guy miss molly (laughs) (laughs) and i think it's him playing playing the keys on it it looks pretty like he looks like he's playing um but it's definitely him singing what a showman! And uh, you know he was—he was probably one of the better parts of Blues Brothers 2000. Oh yeah. Um, which like that was like as, as a John Belushi fan, it was hard for me to watch that mm-hmm. because you know because he wasn't in it. And that was that's another thing I want to talk about because you know people say, "Hey man, you look like this guy. Or you sound like this guy." When I was younger and heavier, <laughs> people would look at me and say, "You look like John Belushi," and I'm like, uh, "Thanks, man." <laughs> And now I've like, and but now just because my hair is long, and and I I get a lot of folks saying I look like Jon Snow, uh, Kit Harrington from Game of Thrones. Well, that's I'm not like, bad. I'm like, oh, that you know what? Thank you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> way better than you look like that old dead fat comedian. <laughs> you know? It's way cooler to be like you look like the King of the North. Yeah. Oh, all right, I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> Cheers to Jon Snow. Cheers to John Goodman. He didn't, and both of them. Right? <laughs> John Goodman deserves everything that has happened to him. Jon Snow did not. Amen. Hmm. That was a great show. Game of Thrones was so cool. Yeah. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, it still kind of hurts a little. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so, so where did you go to college again? I went to, well, first I went to Drexel. In Philadelphia, and um, it was fun, but it sucked being underage in a big city. Mm. Wasn't much to do. <laughs> Unless so, you got a fake ID. Yeah, and I didn't want to do that. I mean, I, I did want to do that, but I didn't want to get caught, so I didn't do it. You know, they're not. They don't really give a shit at the Trocadero. Well, and, you know, like, I didn't know that then. And there's and there's you know there, there are a lot like <laughs> I don't really like Philly. I've never been a fan of that city. Um, parking's always a nightmare. People are just weird. Everything, mm. everything smells like pee. That, well, that but is true. That is especially get to the south side. It's like it's like every, like as soon as somebody flushes a toilet, yeah, you know it. I love <laughs> I love Philly though. I re- I really yeah. do. I, I've always had a great time. Um, you know, otherwise not when I was going to school, but 
but yeah, Philly's great. Um, they have a really fantastic um, metal scene down yes, there. Yes, that I'm that I'm very I'm, which I'm, I just found out. I I'm was very aware of that. I've got a, I've I've heard a lot of guys coming like have been coming to my jams like. You gotta get. You gotta check out the Philly scene, man. Yeah. Why? Like the metal scene. Like, oh yeah, that's, that's all me. Yeah, I play. <laughs> I play bass for this band called Gates to the Morning, with um with this guy Sean Myers. Great drummer. Great and, drummer. And uh, every time that we went down there, we we hardly knew anybody. We knew maybe three people who were at the show, but it was packed with people who just wanted to see it, mm. and it it went great. And these these. That never happens here in New Jersey. Like, uh, a, well, not, well, not true. <clears throat> yeah, no, and not here in Morris County so much. You know, Sussex County's music scene is fantastic. Um, there are so many great acts, so many. But we, I, I, I it's funny. Like the the way our audience takes in music now is, is has gotten different. Mm. Um, I feel like we're hitting it. I feel like we're we're at a pivot point, a turning point, because for a long time. Especially in New Jersey and specifically Morris County, you had to be a cover band. Yeah. You have to be a cover band. You have to play the covers. You got to play Bruce. Mm-hmm. You got to play Bon Jovi. <laughs> you got to get the people what they want. And there's and there's it's very true. You have to give your audience what they want. But I've been just I've been noticing lately, like over the past like three four months, when you know especially because I you know because I host every open mic in the universe. Um, <laughs> I'm noticing people are stopping and listening when people start playing originals again, mm-hmm. and that wasn't the case of a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's I feel like we're I feel like the 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 ear of our of our ever of our listeners has changed a bit, and they're like, oh, that's good. What else you got? Yeah, I've seen that in the Lady Marmalade gigs. That's, yeah, that's the whole reason why we started the band was to you know get a paycheck from. Bars who yeah, want to cover and, bands and play covers. Yeah, the Sp- Spanakopita started out very similarly. Yeah. Like, let's mm-hmm. just go. Let's just go in, take their money. Everyone has a good time, and everyone, ma- you know, the bar makes money, we make money, and yeah, we played a bunch of freaking Rolling Stones tunes for three hours. Yeah, and like, one out of three gigs, somebody would be like, play an original one. Yeah, and then we do, and and it's great. And I'm always surprised that they really like it. It's neat, and right? I shouldn't be. I should. Shouldn't be down on myself so much like that. Well, you know, we're we're all we're all going to be critical of ourselves, and, the, <laughs> yeah. and 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 especially when you when you're working in 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 a cover band when and like you know not to say that Hispanicopa we don't like we're not really a cover band we just mm-hmm. happen to play covers we don't and then we're not we're not playing them note for note. Oh, uh, we're, we're we're born of the same cloth. Yeah. Right well, you know, you got to well, you know, I came at it with this attitude of you got to make it your own. Exactly. If you're gonna like if I'm gonna play Led Zeppelin, it's gonna it's gonna sound it's gonna be good. We're gonna have, like. Trust me, we we did we put in the time, but we didn't put in the time so that you know Mike can sound just like Jimmy Page yeah. or Victor sounds just like John Paul Jones because he's because they're not doing that and Sean Farrelly's ne- you know he's not going to sound just like John Bonham because no one's that's like yeah. really that's that's really mean to ask somebody to do that. It's a lot of work. It's to it's, try it's to so do much that work too. and whole, like it's John Bonham. Yeah, I mean Jesus Christ. He's insane. He's the loudest and greatest drummer to ever walk the planet. I would I would feel bad asking, you know, hey Sean Fairley, can you sound more like John Bonham, please? Because you can't you can't I, do that. No, I no, I want Sean Fairley to sound like Sean Fairley. I want I want Victor Phillips to sound like Victor Phillips. I want you know Mike Cologne should sound like Mike Cologne. We're playing this song that we all love. 
And there's like, and that's another like, when we pick covers, mm-hmm. we pick weird covers. You know, we're doing that now. Right. <laughs> Taking uh, pictures. <laughs> Dylan just took I, it. I was hoping you were just, just going to keep going. Taking but. a selfie. No, no, you, I couldn't. I couldn't help. It. I, I had to do the whole. Yeah, freeze. <laughs> but um, keep an eye out on the gram. We'll be there. <laughs> I got to get on that. I don't. I still don't have Instagram. Yeah, you really should. I sh- I, everyone keeps telling me I got to do that. I just people like it. I, I guess. I guess they do. But like, I like. It's it. just one more freaking thing for me to have to click on every morning. Like, I, I do. Yeah. I do the Facebook bullshit. I go on every morning. I share my event, and then I go back on in the afternoon. and share it one more time, and then if I see, you know, if I see something funny or you know Donald Trump being stupid, I, um, I'll share it because. It's funny because, mm-hmm. like, oh, Jesus Christ, like, if I can't laugh at it, I'm just going to walk off a bridge. <laughs> you know, like, I, because, like, it's just because he's just as a goddamn embarrassment. But, um, I, uh, you know, but I, I try not to, to, to fall down the rabbit hole of, of, of the internet as if at all possible. And it's, yeah. it is so hard. And it so I, I feel like if I, if I was to get another one going, if I started at, like Instagram or what's one of the, or, or Twitter, I'm never going to do a Twitter account. Not, I had Twitter for a while. It. I gave it up. I'm not doing it. Couldn't do I it can't anymore. do it. I just can't do it. I can't do it. can't do it. Not, not going to do it. I didn't get it. Not going to do it. <laughs> you know what? No more selfies. <laughs> <laughs> well, t- well takes, with, you know, with, with our next guest, you guys take a picture. Well, here, I'll just take a picture of you. No, oh, okay. No, How's that? Was no, that good? No, no, no. Look, look, <laughs> act natural. I act natural. Like I ever, when, in the time you've known me, when the hell have I ever acted naturally? Um, I think one time, maybe. <laughs> At a funeral, maybe? I don't know. Well, I, was, like, I wasn't in that de- one. I genuinely depressed for once in my life. <laughs> But, oh, uh, yeah, you know, the thing about Instagram is, like, I know... I, I, I get it. Like, you have to be engaged with your audience. And yeah. it's, it's one more way for them to see what you're doing. And, and, and people are telling me, like, I should walk away from Facebook and yeah. start and start focusing more on Instagram. And it's like, I don't know, man. Like, I had a Nintendo until PlayStation 2 came out. Like, mm-hmm. and then I got a PlayStation 1. Like, I'm not one of those guys. I've never been up on those terms. It just... You know, when I, when I, like, when my family, when we got, when we got Atari, everyone got Nintendo. Mm. When everyone was getting Super Nintendo, we got Nintendo. Yeah. Because my dad was not going to spend that kind of freaking money no, on a piece of crap. And I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to spend my time on a new piece of crap until I'm done watching this piece of crap burn itself out. So I'm with, <laughs> I'm with you, Facebook. I'm with you, yeah. Zuckerberg. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be making fun of you until, you know, until your world comes crashing down and you have no choice but to make a boat out of your billions of dollars yeah. and float to an island. Well, I, I have a crisis about that every day in my life, <laughs> both as a musician and a businessman, like, which that, that was weird to hear coming out of my own mouth mm. as a businessman. Um, like You are a businessman. I've always lived my life kind of the way, that, you know, things will happen naturally. People will hear about it. You know, we're going to get some traction. We'll do some stuff. And it's great. And if people don't like it, that's fine. Mm. Like, who am I going to talk to in Wyoming who's going to give a shit about this kind of thing? Right. And it's Well, I'm really sure you know one in Wyoming is going to hear this because we're really gearing this show towards New Jersey musicians. Well, yeah. But, so you're good. <laughs> you're good. No one in Wyoming is going to give a shit about but, this. You know, I know. Hey, there's Sean Fairley. <gasps> Sean Fairley. Sean Fairley. Who's oh, that guy? And Mike Casson. Hey. Hi, guys. Members of the band The City Limit. Oh, there. That's why I know that face. Yeah. Right on. The Shitty Limit. 
Good name for a band. <laughs> oh, city limit. The city limit. Oh, there was a gaff. They're they're they. We'll, they're, we'll cut that one out. No, we won't. No. <laughs> no, we will not. No, but the city limit. That is another great band. Very very cool. Original band. Yeah, and some really cool stuff. I was like, I've seen them twice now, over at the exchange, and I was very very blown away. Um, just with the you know with the musicianship. I just I, I I was wondering the whole time like, because Sean Fairley plays with us too, and he plays with you guys. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I'm, I'm wondering if you were thinking the same thing I was, or asking yourself the same question that I was asking the last time I saw City Limit was, how come Sean Fairley doesn't play that good with us? <laughs> <laughs> well, that was part one of uh, of our conversation with you, Dylan. How do you think that went? Never heard of the guy. Yeah, well, probably won't ever hear about him ever again either. <laughs> <laughs> want to thank you guys for listening, and tune in next week for part two of the riveting conversation I had with Dylan Jacobus. And remember to go to theoriginalmusicschool.com or call 973-998-8977 and look out for the cephalopods. They got some gigs coming up too. Yeah. Right on. November 9th. November 9th. Where's that? Crows in Sparta. Ooh, that's a cool spot. Yeah, we'll right be on. playing with The City Limit. Ah, oh, look at that. It's a family show. Yeah, it's a family cool. affair. All right, folks. Tune in next week. Good night.